Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 7. The Armory. I listened for the sound of smashing furniture as I approached Brendan's room. Frick, or was it Frack, said he had been eerily silent. I stuck my head around the door and found Brendan in bed staring at the ceiling. Are you okay? I'm still here, aren't I? As far as I can tell, yes. Then I'm not all right. So you're just going to sulk? What else is there to do, he said. I'm stuck here for at least a year. God knows what my life, my career, and my little girl will be like in a year's time. I'm under house arrest, followed around by two dolts who keep staring at me like they expect horns to grow out of my head. I can't even read books because everything is written in some ancient language that, although I can magically speak it and understand it, I can't read it. And before you offer, there is no way I am going to let that ant of yours do that molten gold thing in my eyes. I'm sorry, Brendan, but this isn't my fault, and there's nothing I can do. Yeah, I know. I've been lying here thinking about it all morning. It's my fault. Well, I wouldn't say that. How about we say it's nobody's fault? No, Brendan sighed. It's my fault. It started when I arrested an innocent man. Don't get me wrong, I had pretty good reasons, but in the end I arrested a man for a crime that not only had he not committed, it was a crime that never even happened. No good can ever come from something that starts like that. So as much as I would like to blame you, this is mostly my fault. Well, if you insist, I said, but don't beat yourself up too much. It could have happened to anyone. Thanks, he said finally, looking at me. So, this is really real, then? I'm afraid so. And I've been acting like a serious jerk. That, too, I'm afraid is true. Brendan placed his hand over his face in embarrassment. Oh, my God, I wrapped your father's forehead like it was a door. Oh, I am so sorry, Connor. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Oh, and the furniture, and oh, I really am sorry, Connor, he said, sitting up. But in my defense, I really did think I was going to wake up any moment. Fair enough. Apology accepted. I held up my hand. Shall we start over? I'd like that, he said, shaking. I had come to tell him that I was leaving for a few days, but instead I said, how about a road trip? That piqued his interest. To where? To the Hazel Lands. Isn't that where the Leprechaun Army is stationed? Oh my God, you were listening to me. I'm a man of my word, Connor. I didn't believe or care about your story the first time you babbled it, but the second time I promised I would listen, and I did. Since Fawn convinced me that I wasn't dreaming, I've been going over your adventure in my head. Did all that stuff really happen? Yes, I said, chuckling. Don't feel bad about not believing me. Sometimes I have trouble believing myself. 
But to answer your question, no. The Leprechaun Army was disbanded. I don't know what's there now. Who else is coming? Brendan said, hopping up and dressing. Is that, uh, what's-her-name that trashed my police station and burned my ear coming? You mean Aunt Neve? I don't know. How about the woman that throws me across the room with regularity? Yes, I'm sure Mom is coming. Who else? Raph, probably. Oh, I remember that name. He's the guy that threw me the stick when I hit you in the head. The first time he hit me or the second time? Oh, the, the second time, I said. Gosh, you have been having a rough time lately. But the land's like that in the beginning. It'll get better. Can I buy you some lunch? Now you're getting to know me, Connor. My wife used to do the same thing. Whenever she saw me getting down, she would only have to feed me and I was happy again. Well, let's get the chef to whip you up something special. And if you like, I'll teach you how to read Gaelic. Since you can speak it, it shouldn't be too hard. After Dad regained the throne in what is now called the Troia de Awan Maka, or the Battle of the Twins of Maka, I had a lot of time on my hands, and I spent most of it exploring Castle Dor. I even revisited the dungeon and issued my one and only executive order to have the cells cleaned out. I still feel sorry for whoever got that job. The only place I never got to see was the armory. After the battle, Dad still couldn't be sure if there were any of Chiolti's loyal followers lurking around incognito, so he decided to seal off the weapons room until security could be normalized. So, this made my trip to the armory my first one. Brenda and I hiked to the North Wing. We sailed past three sets of ten hutting armed guards and found ourselves in front of a set of huge oak doors inlaid with fine gold latticework. Light flooded the hallway as we pushed our way in. Like Jared's armory, this was a glass-roofed gymnasium, but size-wise it made the winemaker's weapons room seem like a walk-in closet. Racks upon racks containing carefully stacked weapons, swords, axes, maces, and rows and rows of banta sticks. Tournament practice areas were marked off on the floors, and the entire far length of the room was an impossibly long archery range that could accommodate eight archers abreast, each with their own targets. At the far end, there was a huge contraption that looked like it might be a catapult. Wow, I said. The sound of Brendan and my footsteps echoed in the huge space. Surprisingly, there was no one around. Brendan whispered like he was in a church. Where is everybody? Probably off pillaging. Damn, said Brendan. You mean it's pillaging season and no one told me? I smiled and shouted a tentative, Hello? So, Brendan said in a normal tone, now that it looked like we were alone in there, where do they keep the AK-47s? I'm afraid if you want a long-range weapon, Brendan, it'll have to be one of those. Brendan turned to where I had pointed. The entire wall was covered with both long and short bows, mounted neatly in rows. They were all unstrung with their strings hanging slap from the top notch. There were hundreds of them. Aha, Brendan said, you may laugh, but I was a pretty good archer in my youth. My mother made me take lessons. Brendan walked over to the wall and reached up to take down a medium-sized bow. I didn't hear the twang of the bow that fired the arrow at him. I didn't even see it while I was in the air. I only heard the thwap of the arrow hitting its target and Brendan's yelp 
as he realized his arm was pinned to the wall. The arrow had tacked Brendan's shirt sleeve to the wall, missing his skin by centimeters. I hit the ground, rolled to my left, upsetting a stand of bantas, and came up crouching with a stick in each hand. I poked my nose over the now-empty banta stick holder to see Brendan reaching to extract the arrow that stuck him to the wall. As his hand crossed his body, another arrow pinned that sleeve as well. This time, clothing wasn't the only thing that it pierced. He howled in pain. I'm hit! You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenahan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Shadow Magic, book one of the series, is available from HarperCollins in paperback, EPUB, and Kindle formats.